Let's pray. Our Father, we thank you that we can address you as our Heavenly Father. And so we pray that you would give us as your children what we need this morning to hear from you, to encourage our hearts, to enable us to live and serve you in faith and love and hope. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, today I want to talk about the way that we belong to God through Jesus Christ. Now, we all belong to God. We all belong to God, like everything, because we are his creatures. We are related to him as the pot is related to the potter. We are the clay in his hands. He gives us our shape, our life, our circumstances. And we may rejoice at his blessings or lament and complain about our difficulties. But the potter is, in many ways, above the clay, far above the clay. And if we are God's creations, his creatures, he is bringing his will to fulfilment through us. And we are, as the pot is for the potter, so we are for God. We serve his purposes. Now, as it happens, God's purposes for us Uh, We human beings, we are a certain kind of creature. We are made uh, in his image and we are able to serve God and to serve him freely and consciously. At least that's the idea. We are creatures who can receive a trust, a commission, a command from God and uh, be expected to carry it out. Genesis 1.26 says... Then God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the sky and over the livestock and all the wild animals. So we are made in God's image and given a commission, a trust, a role to play. And this means we belong to God as a servant belongs to a master. We are bound by obligation to fulfil a commission, to obey a command. And this means, well, on the one hand, the possibility of praise and reward if we do well. But on the other hand, it also means there may be blame and displeasure. There may be punishment and loss if we do badly. Now, apart from these two ways of belonging to God, as creature and as servant, there is another way to belong to God that the Old Testament holds out. And that is that we may belong to God as God's son, as God's child. When Moses goes to Pharaoh in Egypt, who is keeping Israel, the nation, in slavery, he is told, say to Pharaoh, this is what the Lord says. Israel is my firstborn son. Let my son go, that he may worship me. And so to be an Israelite was not simply to be uh, a creature of God or a servant of God. It was not to be as an individual God's child, but it was to belong to a special people, a people that God had called his son, his child, his beloved. God has a special relationship, you see, to those whom he calls his son. They're not just the clay in his hands for him and his purposes. They're not just the servants who must carry out his will. They are those who God is committed to bring to himself and to have them live with him and he with them. They are those who belong to God in this family way. They are those 
who God is committed to blessing with life and with glory indeed. And the reading from Romans today uh, tells us that Christians belong to God as his sons and daughters in this third way, each of us individually. We are, to be sure, God's creatures, but we are more than his creatures. We are God's servants, but we are more than his servants. We are God's children, not by birth or by right or by reward, but by God's gift, God's gift to us of his Son and his Spirit. As verse 14 of our epistle says, for those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. And so today I want to make three points, thinking about three things. Firstly, we are only God's children through Christ. That's the first thing I want to reflect on. Secondly, to be God's child means security and it means intimacy. And thirdly, to be God's child means the hope of an inheritance. There's the three points I think we can draw out of this passage. Let's start with the first one. We are only God's children through Christ and his spirit. I mean, of course, there is a sense in which the creator is a kind of father to his creatures. He is the life giver. He is the provider. But to call God my father is not something even Israelites felt able to do unless God gave them a special license to do that. Uh, he did this with the kings in the line of David, his anointed ones, his messiahs or Christs. This is from Psalm eighty-nine twenty, and some verses following. God says, I have found David my servant. With my sacred oil, I have anointed him. He will call out to me, you are my father, my God, the rock, my saviour. And I will appoint him to be my firstborn. I will maintain my love to him forever. Now, great David's greatest son was Jesus Christ, the true son of God. And at his baptism, the spirit lights upon him and the father says, you are my son whom I love. There is this special license, this special permission, this special relationship between God and those whom he has called his son. He's owned and adopted and drawn into that relationship, said, you may call me father. Jesus did something distinctive when he addressed God in prayer as father. This is the prayer he prayed in Gethsemane, Mark 14, 36. Abba, father, he said, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me. Yet not what I will, but what you will. Notice the way he addresses God there, Abba, Father. Abba is the Aramaic word for Father, and in certain places in the New Testament, the very word that Jesus used to address God is preserved. It is reproduced. It is remembered because it was so distinctive, so special, so significant of a new relationship with God. Romans 8.15 is one of the places where that Aramaic word is reproduced. The spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. 
We can't call God Abba, Father, just because we are his creatures, nor because we are in his image and have been called to serve him, but only because we have been joined to Jesus Christ, who is the Son. We've been joined to Jesus Christ when we put our faith in him, when we receive his spirit, and so then the spirit we received, the spirit you received, brought about your adoption to, well, we share in the sonship of Jesus and thereby become children of God and cry out, Abba, Father. So there is the first point. We can only belong to God as his children through Jesus. Secondly, to be God's child, then, what does it mean? What is it like? What is it promise? Well, it means security and it means intimacy. To be God's servant is a dignity and an honour, but it is also somewhat insecure because disobedience means displeasure and deprivation and disobedience has become our ongoing curse. Adam and Eve were expelled from the garden. Ancient Israel were exiled from the promised land. And as Paul put it in Romans 7, although I want to do good, evil is right there with me. Disobedience has become our ongoing curse. But to be a Christian is not to be a servant merely, but to be a son or a daughter of God's house, not a slave in God's house. The spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you receive brought about your adoption to sonship. A first century household was more than a nuclear family. It's not just mum, dad and the kids. It would also include uh, slaves who would live and work in that household as well as the children of the house. The difference was very real and marked between those who were slaves in the household and those who were children. Slaves did not belong to the household by right. They had to call the head of the house master. They had no expectation of inheriting a share of this household. And they might have reason to be anxious and to be fearful even in regard to their place in the household. But if a slave was adopted by the master of the house, as did happen, they belonged then to the house by right. The master was now father. And their security in and intimacy with the family was assured. And this is what has happened for us. If you trust in Christ, in his death for the forgiveness of your sin, in his resurrection for your newness of life, then his spirit is in you, the spirit of father and son, and that you then can, and I hope do, call God father and know yourself to be his child. He has taken you in. He has made you his own. He has committed to you and you can live in that security, that intimacy, that assurance. It is yours in Christ. And God is what a father should be. He's committed to the good of his children. He's full of love for them. He delights in them. He delights in you. He's determined to bring good things to you, Christian. 
The security and the intimacy that we can have with God by his spirit is expressed in prayer. We do not pray as the clay might pray to the potter. We don't grope across some great chasm between lowly creature and unknowable creator. We do not pray as servant to master, hoping to find favour, anxious to be found acceptable. We pray to God, our Father in heaven. He's not a grumpy father, he's not a distracted father, he's not an unreliable father. He is a ready father, a glad father, a gracious father. And you can be real with him, as you would be with a father you trust, who knows you, who you know cares for you. The intimacy of prayer is, well, strange. It's, it's different. God is not generally visible or audible or tangible. Our fellowship with God is not hugs and jokes and replies and shared glances. It's different. And yet the Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Our fellowship with our Heavenly Father in prayer is it's inward, it's spiritual, it's subtle, therefore. It's invisible and intangible in many ways, but it is real. It is nonetheless experienced. And as you pray on in the halting, troubled way that we often do, don't forget the centre of Christian prayer. By him, by the Holy Spirit, we cry, Abba, Father. To be God's child means security and intimacy. Thirdly and lastly, to be God's child means the hope of an inheritance. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs. Heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings, in order that we may also share in his glory. Now, as Christ showed in his life, to be God's beloved child and heir does not mean that you are protected from all suffering. Christ indeed suffered. And we'll talk more about this next Sunday. But as Christ also showed, God is ready and able to to glorify his children, to deliver and vindicate and raise even from death those who are his. Whatever happens to them, God is able to bring them through it to a good place, a place with him, a place of life and glory. Now, a slave or a servant may or may not get a reward. An employee may or may not get a bonus. Depends. But a son or a daughter can have a much surer expectation of an inheritance than a slave or an employee might have of some kind of bonus or reward. And since God is committed to his children, Paul is confident to say, if we are children, then we are heirs. Heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. Again, what does that mean? What does that look like? Come again next Sunday 
there will be more on this. But today, to be a Christian means that we belong to God as beloved children. As beloved children belong to a loving Heavenly Father. Let's finish by cutting over to the Apostle John and hear it from him instead of Paul, because the Apostles agreed on this. This wonderful and in many ways central and most high blessing of what it is to be a Christian. John says, See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your grace and love to us, lavished on us in Christ, that we can call you Father and know ourselves to be your children, to belong to you just as Christ belongs to you, that you are committed to us, that you delight in us, that you are at work in us and through us, that we will come to resemble you, that we can call upon you. Father, help us in our halting, troubled way to continue to draw near to you as our Father, to call on you as Father, to know you as our Father. May your Spirit indeed testify with our Spirit that we are your children. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.